What is up, fellow misfits? And welcome back to another episode. The Nana Misfit Podcast. Last week we did a we did a tier list of One Piece. So Connor thought, why we not should take do on another a, tier list? Why not take on another behemoth? Because I think I think it's fair to just call One Piece a behemoth. Yeah, yeah. I think that's an understatement, but sure. And here we are. We're gonna cover another behemoth. And what's this one? It's the, the MCU. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Bum, 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 bum. So once again, for anyone who is following or wants to follow along and create their own, we will put the tier list that we are the tier list maker that we are using in the description below, as well as feel free to follow us on our Discord, join in and put your tier list and let us know how wrong we are or how <laughs> right you are, depending on how negative or positive you want to feel. Yeah. That being said, this tier list is relatively in order it looks like maybe a few hiccups same year different order but overall it's pretty straightforward it's it's pretty straightforward it does in fact go all the way i believe this is secret invasion at the bottom yep Yep. those are secret invasion so it does include mcu shows everything up until loki which premieres next week oh fun fact loki season two premieres out next week first week of october i believe it comes out so this is perfect timing perfect timing and this is just going off the basic grading system that this tier list had, S to F. And uh, do you want to kind of go off what we're going to be looking at, Matt? Yeah. So when we uh, review these shows and movies, probably just movies today, because I don't think we're going to get to the shows. Um, but the big things we're going to be looking at is the movie as a whole. Was it good? Was it not good? Characters in the movie. Was there certain characters we love that they got introduced? Characters that were kind of lame from comic book perspective in the sense that they were badly adapted. Um, and then later throughout the connection to the overall MCU. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about this in some yeah. of our discussions of the MCU. Our and favorite and least films, favorite films DC and films stuff. And yeah. But if you're going to have a cinematic universe that is all in together and relies on uh, each other to build something. Yep. You can't yeah. quite isolate a movie. Yep. We're going to give it a fair shake as mm. isolated movie. Well, yeah, we'll we'll consider that in the grade, but <laughs> exactly, there's gonna be a few that yep. maybe you enjoy that Matt mm-hmm. is gonna be hella harsh on. I'm just gonna hundred percent. Right there's certain ones that I'm gonna be like, this is garbage. I'm just gonna say right we all now, know Matt all will know. hurt some of your feelings. Um, he is definitely pretty good at being very harsh at yeah. some of, some of the MCU. Exactly. Not that he thinks necessarily the movie might be bad. But there's reasons. And but he will we'll rank it there. a lot lower than maybe exactly. if you were to rank it by itself. Yeah. What we're going to do, too, is after the discussion, we're going to rank them. And then once we're done this entire thing, we may rearrange some things. Yes. This one, unlike One Piece, we're not going in with two separate tier lists. We're just going through just, one. We we have relatively similar tastes when it comes to the MCU, I believe. Yeah. So I feel like we're, if anything, even One Piece for the most part, we're, we're relatively, so far we've only been one tier or so yeah, off. Off. This is worth noting. We've also, at this point, recorded the second part of our One Piece, so we've done a lot of. We're experienced now at doing we're, these. We're experienced at the tier lists. Uh, if we're you haven't checked out our tier list from our Halloween special last year, uh, you can go check that out. <laughs> That's true. We'll have to do something else as Halloween. Yes, approaching. we do. Yes, we will have to think of that. We'll have to think, we'll have to think of something. Oh. Anyway, so let's Anyways, start with the beginning ado. of the MCU, which is the Iron Man. Iron movie Man coming out in May of June, May second, two thousand eight. I think this is fair. Um. 
right I off mean, the bat, the I'm be- putting in S tier. The beginning of the MCU, definitely a solid. They, I feel like they hit every mark they needed to hit. Okay. And by that, I mean the story was good. Yep. The CGI was great. Phenomenal it for lo- 2008. Looked um, amazing. Yep. And on and this cannot be understated. Probably the most important casting. Oh, of most the MCU. definitely. Yeah. No, the MCU would not have the face that they have. Robert Downey without Jr. Robert Downey as Jr. Tony Stark. Yeah. I don't think the movie, in comparison to some of these movies, is the best anymore. No. I just think the overall importance of getting everything right. The beginning of it, a good, solid superhero origin movie. Great casting. Jeff Bridges as Obadiah. Oh, that was great. Beautiful casting. Um, sucks that this was the only movie we got to see Terrence Howard in as Rhodey. Yeah, he he's a good actor, but if... But I don't the like, money, you know, the greed, the money, and the greed, and like even like looking back, I like Don Cheadle, phenomenal. Uh, no, he's Rhodey. He, he took it on. Seems weird if we were to put Terrence Howard. I just don't know if it would have the same feel. That's fair, and we'll never know. Yeah. Um. For me, yeah, I put it as an S. The impact it had, obviously, on the entire MCU. Mm-hmm. The importance of getting all everything right. If the if you're Kevin Feige, you know, and you're pitching this unheard of idea. You can't do that if this movie's not not a success. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they did not have it all planned out either. Bringing like, us on to a non-success. Well, no, uh, no, no, no. We got to talk. What was that? What was that? Something to note about Iron Man 2, because I'll be giving the random film facts, is the director of this one. No, I was thinking about the Hulk. Oh, no, I'm talking about Iron Man still. Oh, we were talking about But we're still Iron. talking about Iron Man, because the man that directed Iron Man started with directing a hit movie called Elf, and then directed <laughs> Zathura, the space adventure, the weird yep. space Jumanji. And then ended up directing Iron Man, played a pivotal character in Iron Man and the MCU later no, the on. MCU. The MCU is a yeah, whole. Because Happy You're right. is great. We would not have the Mandalorian. Oh, wait. No, we're talking about Iron Man. We're talking about... <laughs> but but also, I think that has to do partial with this. Of the success that Jon Favreau had in helping start off the MCU, and then him jumping in to help with Dave Filoni and the Star Wars and everything like that, is definitely pivotal to understand that Jon Favreau was the first director of the MCU. I think, to me, that's important to mention. That's fair. Okay, that's But fair. moving on to the movie that no one really likes, which bugs me. Is the Hulk! <clears throat> the inc- No, the, right, incredible the Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Sorry, sorry. If you say sorry. the Hulk, we're thinking of the Ang Lee 2003 really bad CGI film. Uh, well, you know, sometimes the years aren't kind of you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. To be fair, that was like six years before this. So anyways. This one's tough to rank early on. Yeah, June 13th, 2008, Incredible Hulk comes out. Uh, we got oh no 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 you're can't right, can't right. go. Ah, mm. Mm. It's the mm. thing is because Mark Ruffalo. This is the issue I have because yeah, if Mark no Ruffalo, Ruffalo was in that, if he was in that, I think it would have been a little bit better. I really like if no, Mark Ruffalo's in it. It goes to the D tier. E for Edward Norton. Um, <laughs> exactly. There you go. E for Edward. <sighs> Look, the movie as a whole is okay. I don't think the movie's great. I don't think the movie's great either. The CG's definitely better. Yep. The downfall of this film is that we get introduced to some great characters. Abomination, um, Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, okay. But Abomination isn't even important until phase what? Well, that's the thing. Same with Ross. Ross doesn't show up back until Civil War, which is like 14 movies later. And it upsets me. (laughs) This movie, unfortunately, does belong in the E. Um, I don't care what people say. It has, in my opinion, one of the best post-credit scenes of all time. The beginning of 
everyone waiting in a movie theater for the end of credits. Exactly. The beginning. Iron Man has one. It's Nick Fury shows up at the end. He goes, what if I do? We're going to talk about the Avengers initiative. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, whatever. But yeah, the, because no one knew these movies were going to be connected. Yeah, no, exactly. So you're sitting in the movie, post-credit scene, you see Thunderbolt Ross. If you Ross, were even sitting there. If you were even sitting there, because no one really, no one again, did it before. Not, not, mm, no, the X-Men movies did it. Pirates of the Caribbean did it. But, but so people were like ex- skeptical about yeah, it, but not, not to the but extent. I, wouldn't say, I would say Marvel is the one who created people waiting. People waiting. Yeah. But yeah, so Theodore, you know, Thunderbolt Ross, he's sitting there having a drink. And then all of a sudden, Robert Downey Jr. walks into the scene. I remember watching And that everyone's like, I what? was so just confused. <laughs> yeah. And then he just does the classic line of, what if I told you we're putting together a team? It's like, oh, I have a problem. You should talk. Well, you should listen. And it's just like the real beginning of what is going to be the most the successful film. Yeah, foreshadowing at its finest. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, special effects, really meh. The fact that Edward, it's a different casting kind of for me it's kind of rough um i mean they do make reference it to it later on but it's fine as a joke but yeah unfortunately e-tier yeah good post-credit scene a good couple scene. couple important characters some good fights a little bit between a Ab- abomination and hulk i thought it was a good solid fight overall Do oh how high is it going oh, oh, mm. just because it has that one cool suit scene doesn't mean it's a good movie i didn't see okay i'll take that uh, movie as a whole recycled plot from the first one we yeah. got a guy who's got a lot of money wants to make a big suit first appearance of don Cheadle. great there's some great scenes in here yep. i love the the court scene don like don Cheadle, like roadie walks in tony has no idea that he's working with like a representation of the government or anything like that tony casually takes over the screens to show that justin hammer is being stupid making his own suits and everything great and you're gonna i'll let you talk about yeah there's the f1 scene there's the f1 scene that happens when he's fighting um whiplash Whiplash. and if you are a 90s kid you probably ended up watching some 90s iron man and one of the coolest things about that i mean for me as a kid (laughs) yep was watching tony stark whip out a suitcase and the whole iron man suit like folds out and he just walks into it and that's how he becomes iron man and it just I don't know. For a kid, that that's just epic. It, it's an epic scene. The CGI and that's good. Is just there's a lot of pressure in that because I think it's like Happy trying to like push it out of the yeah. thing, and, and like they just they recreate it. So yeah. it's not to a T the way it was in the cartoon. No, but it's done good well. enough where you're like, okay, this is like kind of more realistic to the real world, yeah. I guess. And yeah, it's just what a nostalgic yeah, look back. Is. Like it's so great. First appearance of a different style Iron Man suit too, because he's now he's got the triangle yeah, on the suit instead he's got of the an circle. Addiction. The, the start of his yep. suit building addiction has begun. Yep. And first official appearance of Warhammer. Yeah. Sorry, not Warhammer. War Machine. War Machine yeah, is uh, something else. Um. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, the villains were okay. Yeah, Whiplash was. Eh. Justin Hammer was man. I thought that I, I can't remember the name of the actor, but I thought he did a good job as like. Justin Hammer for the kind of like Sam Rockwell, I believe. He did a really, he really did have that like uh, douchey billionaire, yeah, that douchey arrogance yeah. to him that he think he nailed. But that eh, was eh. yeah. The roadie fight was decent. I think that's probably the best part. Yeah, but still just meh. Thanks, sees it's a middle ground. 
wasn't yeah, great. I feel like the, the as we go through, it's possible we might be lowering this. Yeah. But we'll put it at C for now, which is dead middle yeah. of this tier list. Then Going on got, to Thor. Yeah. Actually, which, we should talk about the post credit yeah, scene. Yeah, post credit scene Iron Man 2 was just the Thor hammer being in the middle of a desert. Um, also important that we didn't really talk about the first Iron Man, but Phil Coulson becomes a reoccurring character we see. He randomly leaves in the middle of the movie. He's like, oh, I got to call in New Mexico. And that just is true. Dips. The name drop of properly named S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. at the end of Strategic, Iron Man yeah, Home Intervention Something Logistics Division. Division. Um, can't remember what the E stands for. <laughs> um, but anyways, no. Phil Coulson coming back, which is a big thing. Because he pops up, I think, at the end of the first Iron Man, right before the press conference, because yep. he's trying to talk to Pepper Potts. He's the one. He's the one giving Tony the appropriate cards to use yeah. to explain everything. Exactly. Um, so those are that's important things. Um, and you just get more of Tony's backstory with his father and stuff too, and bringing back the Stark Expo um, Easter eggs that aren't really important. Um, we see the first Human Torch outfit, which is just at there at the expo and stuff as well. Um, that's basically about it that really again yeah it's just the fact that he leaves but this is important the reason why i say this because they bring back the stark expo it's important because we see in another movie characters going to the expo in the past which kind of just like brings things together brings things just a little bit connects everything but moving on to thor which we get the post-credit scene hammer in new mexico i don't uh i can't uh i can't laptop not a real mouse okay i i feel like it will be lower yeah not but, much lower but but yeah. in terms of the thor movies was thor ragnarok pretty good yeah it was great but at this point we don't know if you're someone who's new you don't know who thor is yep i feel like this was a very solid introduction to thor Solid to his kind of mythos that he brings to the MCU, Asgard and all that jazz. And kind of in a lot of ways, Thor ends up being one of the largest character, has some of the largest character development through the MCU. Yeah. Because think about where Thor is in Thor 1. To where he is. To where he is now. Thor, yeah, Love and Thunder. He adapts and changes to the human realm mm -hmm. throughout all of the films. You know what I mean? Because phase one, for the most part, Thor is still Thor. He talks like a Greek god. And then you skip all the way to the most recent Thor movie. And it's a joke. Man's just a memer. Just Fortnite memer. Fortnite gaming memer with a rock guy. <laughs> so I do think he, this is a really great entry point of introducing Thor, uh, introducing the reoccurring characters that also are in like this, the Thor bubble. Yep. That's how we think we should talk about. There's like the Iron Man, since we can't say universe because they're yeah. all part of the same universe, yeah. but the Thor bubble characters. A lot of them are introduced. Jane Foster's introduced, who obviously is important. Warriors 3, yep. Sif. Yep. Actually, there's a lot. The Seer guy, I can't remember his name. The one who ends up doing all the teleporting for... He's impor pretty important. Oh, Heimdall. Yeah. Yeah, played by Idris Elba. Great, great so cast. So a lot of important. Yeah. Um, 
some fun Easter eggs, I guess. Just like we get the mention of Thor's actual human name as a as a just Easter egg. Because in the comics, his name is Donald Blake. He ends up putting a name tag on that says that. And Jane Foster was like, oh, it's just the name of my ex-boyfriend. And it's just a really random Easter egg. But again, still there. Um, casting overall, like, like Heimdall, Odin, Tom Hiddleston as Loki. That is pivotal, obviously. We have a Loki TV show. Like, People became, love Tom. Yeah. Phenomenal casting. Um, like you said, the evolution of Thor, because he's speaking the oldish English and stuff. And, you know, um, it's really cool because this is our first time where we see otherworldly things of, like, the Frost Giants and just more exploring other stuff than just America. <laughs> and, of course, on really good casting. Yeah, all Chris, around. Chris Hemsworth. Old casting. Ends up being... The first Chris of the MCU. Yep. And he won't be the last. Great director, too. It was Kenneth Kenneth Branham. I'm going to butcher his last name. You may know him um, from various things. He played Hamlet a couple times in live action. Uh, he played this character named uh, Gilderoy Lockhart in Harry Potter. He mm. directed the Cinderella movie. He did this. Um, there's. I'm trying to think of the other big things he did as well that are on the top of my tongue. He was in Oppenheimer. Um. I'm really butchering, but he's become a director for a lot. He does a haunting in, haunting in Venice. He's in the Murder on Orient Express movies, The Glass Onion. Oh, nice. I believe he's in The Glass Onion. I don't think he's in The Glass Onion. He's on Death on the Nile. That's the movie I'm thinking of. Murder on Orient Express and Death on the Nile. But anyways, I digress. Okay, moving on. Moving on to... Oh, post-credit scene. Do you want to... Should we handle this also? Um, like when we start putting things in the same tier list, do you want to put them in proper order of how we feel about them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just just because I, I feel like we might have someone in a similar tier list coming yeah, up. So that's fair. Uh with post credit scene for Thor before we move on. Of course. Um it's just we see um Eric Selvig in the I think they're in Shield or something at that point, and he's got like the Tesseract and ah, he like that. looks over and he sees the reflection of Loki instead, and it's like the big thing of like what the heck's the Tesseract and like What's Loki doing? What's Loki doing? How does Loki, you know, back and everything? Just um, Loki things. What's just Loki, Loki doing? Just Loki controlling people. It's the huge. Um, but yeah, moving on to Captain America, the first Avenger. He's not going to let us. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Pretty solid casting. Pretty good story overall. How Captain America became Captain America. Yeah. The story. The story thought the ending was pretty good when he gets back into like present day like after they find him and everything and how like nick fury kind of just like ties it all together yep just pretends that he's in waking up back up in the 1940s and then it's just the fun conversation of when he walks outside sees everything and just nick fury shows up he goes a lot has changed there cap <laughs> you're like oh boy yeah it is pretty creative that they wanted him to wake up in a comfortable situation and then mm -hmm. that backfired because yeah. he got rid of that real quick red skull great Whooped villain great looked great his mission everything like that gives part i almost want to this is i think b is really solid it's like a b plus not quite an a because it's good lore building for the tesseract yeah it's like, understanding. It's like upper upper echelon b tier. yeah like it's great on that aspect um agent carter she was big she got her own show for two seasons which i'm looking at this list now and some stuff is not on here um for like agent the shield agent agent carter which i'm okay with yeah um this is just core mcu stuff Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, display turned off for us. Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, just very solid film. Um, tells the story. 
This is at this point we were still doing origin stories. Remember? Yeah. Remember, Marvel ended up saying no, no more, more origin, no more stories. origin stories, which they, which they've actually gone back on because they have done origin stories. Uh, technically, the movies. True. But um, yeah, it was just honestly couldn't ask for just a better. This is Captain America. This is who Captain America is. This is how he became Captain America. And uh, yeah, you'll see him as Captain America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Post credit scene was just a trailer for the Avengers. <laughs> Basically. Which is what we'll jump into next. Well, the Avengers. Now, this may be controversial. Uh, the thing is, if you're putting the first Iron Man, yeah. I, I I say it might be controversial because it is the first Avengers movie and we haven't put anything in A tier yet. Mm-hmm. But for me, now I don't know about you, but for me, other than Endgame, this is the best Avengers movie. <laughs> yeah. That's just my opinion. Feel free to disagree, but I feel for the most part, all of the Avengers movies, except for Endgame, are trying to recreate the magic of this film. Interesting statement. Do you not think that that's the case? I don't fully agree, but I can see how you came to that. But we'll get into that when we review those Avengers I'm thinking movies, but. we try and do long shots that are not with no cuts. That's more of a directorial thing. Yeah, too. That's having a the same director thing, to be fair. for multiple Avengers films does impact that. But bringing on, obviously, this is the this is the first take one of let's bring these characters together yeah. to a point. Josh Whedon, baby. So obviously, in this movie, we're bringing. We've seen Iron Man. We've seen Captain America. If you're unfortunate, oh my gosh, you saw didn't. you saw Hulk. We didn't talk about the fact that Black Widow was introduced in Iron Man 2. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. That's a... <laughs> Whoopsie. Huh. Important character introduced Important in Iron Man 2. Just so you know, Black Widow and Scarlet Johansson, great cast. Okay, so... But anyways, moving on. Back to Avengers. Four. Yeah. We've seen all these movies. We've now seen all these characters. We've seen some foreshadowing saying there's a team. Yes. But we haven't had an event where a team is perhaps needed. Yes. In fact... Robert Downey Jr. Sorry, Robert Downey Jr. Tony was not available for this team because Nick Fury thought he was incompetent and so on and so forth, and he's an idiot. And yeah, the Tony Stark has a lot of um, negative character yeah, traits so that aren't great for a team environment. Exactly. Anyways, and here we are, the Avengers, which led by Iron Man. What? Technically led by Nick Fury, Bill Carlson. But yeah, all these characters we've seen before, Black Widow and Iron Man 2, Tony, uh, Iron Man his own movie, Thor on his own movie, Captain America's own movie. Hawkeye had an Easter egg in Thor because um, yeah. he's in a tower ready to shoot and it's just like, stand down. Like, yeah. Okay, cool, whatevs. Um, first appearance of Maria Hill? I'm not so. sure if she's been in this She movie. may have had a quickie sh- in one of them. But definitely Maria Hill, finally in yeah. the movies. Kobe yeah. Smulders. Beautiful. Um, Again, Loki returns. And um, he is now a A-class yeah. event. Yeah. See what I did there? Uh, Avengers A. a- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah. Big thing, too, is getting Avengers Tower. Yeah, Avengers Tower. point is good. Um, there's some really good dialogue. I mean, it's actually hard dialogue, but it's the scene when Loki has like everyone under control and Cap shows up and he goes, the last time I saw someone standing up there like this, it's just like, oh, wow, they they said that. And then that whole scene just gets just taken over by Tony Stark jumping out of a plane, blaring music. 
Um, I think that's also the shot when Pepper Potts kisses the helmet and just throws like the helmet or something out of the plane or something. I can't remember. Yeah, I think you might be right. But and then some cringy lines of like, does does Mother know you wear her drapes? The whole Shakespeare in the Park thing. Um, but uh, it's also another. This is this one also has a lot of introduction of not that the others haven't, but this one has a lot of that classic Marvel humor. Yes, you think too. There's like a serious note, obviously the fighting, the first of what will become many alien invaders. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, but I think back to stuff like, you can't touch me, I'm a god. And yeah. then the Hulk begins to absolutely <laughs> dummy. Yeah. Loki. Dummy. Yeah. Him. Um, other fun notes of just Tony and Bruce talking and then Tony just starts to like zap him to try and get the Hulk out. Um more serious notes too. Like we see Mark Ruffalo talk about like how he's dealing with trying not to be angry and stuff like that. And then we have the grand old cringy line. Um, That's my secret cap. I'm, I'm always, always angry. angry. And yeah. Um, yeah. Just a it's solid fun. film. Once again, the CGI just is unreal. I believe at the time this was the fastest to a billion dollars. Around there. Yeah. Very hyped up film. 2012. Did very well. Yep. Um, and yeah, I felt like they did a really good job of handling all having a lot of different characters, a lot of moving parts. Um, and the story still felt good. Yeah. And then we get the two mid credit scene and post credit scene, which is where they started having to mid credit scene, uh, Thanos turns smiles at the camera and you're like, Oh, there's a bigger, bigger guy. Yeah. So at this point, I feel like it's safe to say when you first see that you're kind of like, is the is that mean the next Avengers is, is we're facing? Yeah. And if you've read comics, then obviously you know the threat that is Thanos. So yeah. you're kind of like freaking out at this point. The Titan God. Um, so yeah, so made credit. And then the post-credit scene was more of a joke, which is just them going for shawarma. Yeah. Which fun fact about that, if you watch uh, Captain America is just his fist. He's not actually eating. He's holding his hand over his face. Because he has a beard or something. Because he has a beard because he was shooting a different film at the time and he didn't shave for that particular Film. post-credit scene. So literally, he's just sitting there with his fist covering his beard for the entire shot. Fun fact. Fun fact. All right. Begins phase two. Yes. Somehow is... they lived and got through phase one. Kevin Feige is a genius. Yep. At this point, he's made Disney a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of money. And you know what Disney loves? Money. Money. So the investment continues into the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we begin into phase two. Starting with Iron Man 3. Where are you putting it? Just put it put it where it needs to go. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely the weakest of the Iron Man films. Yes. Although I feel like we're gonna get hate for putting it this low. I just I do you know really love that one scene. Well, I love the nanotechnology Iron Man suit. Okay. I think that that is sick. Yep. That being said, everything else in this film is just so meh. Again, it, this failed plot because Extremis is such a bigger thing in the comics. There was a mid 2000s show about it. Like this whole thing was like a good buildup. And if you've watched stuff, obviously Mandarin is a crazy villain for, in terms of importance for Iron Man, but also an extremely racist villain. I think that's fair to say. And uh, you can't really do the Mandarin now. He's not a very PC villain. Yeah. to have and in my opinion they kind of should have just avoided doing the mandarin i agree 
This I, was just, I want to see Pink Pam Boom. This was the beginning. I want to see a of, CGI dragon. I want to see them fight a dragon. Literally, though. And there's been Easter eggs of Fing Fang Foom, but it's irrelevant. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So the importance, also, of, the importance of the Mandarin is we do obviously end up getting a movie that actually has the, the Mandarin. Mandarin quotations. Yeah. And the importance of the Ten Rings, which if you're someone who maybe watched Iron Man mm-hmm. in the 90s on the cartoon, you would know the Mandarin and the importance of his ring. So... Yeah. It's cool, I guess. They kind of fix it in that way where we're like, yeah. oh, no, there is a Mandarin. The big and the thing... post-credit scene, obviously, fixes that a bit. No, not for this one. It was the movie. Oh, yeah. Remember, there was the short film, All Hail the King. This That's is my big bad, big beef about this, is that you shouldn't have to have a short film... To fix something. To fix something in the movie. Yeah, the movie should have done it. Exactly. Whether even if it's even in the post-credit, like something yeah. to fix because it. Because even like Incredible Hulk, as rough as that movie is, post-credit was good. Yes, there's a short film that helps explain that. But if you don't watch that short film, you don't. You still understand the post-credit scene, right? But if you watch Iron Man three and you're like, "Oh, the Mandarin's a joke," you're and like, "Is Iron Man three also where we end up having a couple kind of retcons to some of the like history or time plots of what happens at certain times?" Not really. That's later on. That's Spider Man. Oh, is that Spider Man? Yeah, because they mess up the title time. Well, I just. Um, because at this point we have obviously Tony is just obsessed with making suits. Yeah. And just Well, no. Yes and no. Because the the only benefit of this movie and that shows progression of Iron Man is he's dealing with like PTSD from going through the wormhole. Yeah. So and that, dying. And, and dying. Yeah. So that's big. Um But again, it's just the for me, the only really good scene is when he calls all of the suits and we see like in that final fight and we see all of the suits. Yeah, it's cool. Like, that's really neat. Because then there's a lot. It's just all Easter eggs. All Easter eggs. If you watch the 90s, everything like that. The Pepper Potts power stuff. Oh, when she puts on. So Rescue. That's her name in the comics when she has an Iron Man suit on. Not that that's mentioned or even talked about. She throws it on for a second and then to survive. Because I think like their their house gets exploded by the Mandarin Mm -hmm. in quotations. Um, Yeah, just not. This is one of my. This is in my bottom three of. The kid. He ends up. The kid who doesn't show up for thirteen years. <laughs> um, yeah. In the, at the end of this film, he gets the surgery, correct? Yeah, which we just don't ever mention ever again. That apparently he randomly the whole thing that made him Iron Man, but his heart thing and the the yeah, he just gets fixed at the end. And we just never mention that because every other shot that he's in moving forward, he still got it. Which we we just accept, and then the post credit scene is also just poop, mm-hmm. because this is the cringe, arguably in my opinion, also one of the worst post credit scenes too. Oh, well, here you go. We're is, gonna have to do a post credit scene too. Well, because he's like chatting or whatever, right? And I'm pretty sure the post credit scene is just it pans over to him talking to someone, and then it just pans over to Bruce just sleeping, and then he's like, "Dude, I told you I'm not that kind of doctor," because it's like a psychiatrist appointment kind of style, yeah. and you're like, "That's kind of stupid." <laughs> yeah, Tony's got a lot going on. What are you gonna say? Which brings us to... Yeah, it brings us to this one. What do you think, Matt? Um, Just put there. No, there, there you go. Uh, no, we have to put an E. Because of the, the because of the credentials that we said going yeah, into this. Yeah, it has an infinity stone. 
Yes. Literally, that is what's bringing this up. A that is whole the only reason life. why. Yeah, that's the only reason it's an E. This is again personally one of my least favorite films. Um, I I've only ever seen this movie once. I think I've seen it twice, and I couldn't tell Just you. Don't I mean, care. that makes it bad for us ranking it that we can't remember. But it also says a lot because I remembered it was remember. boring. Yeah, it was boring. Uh, don't get me wrong, Malekith the the Great. I think I don't know. He was the Dark Elf of the movie. Yeah, the Dark that was Elf. The yeah. evil. Um, also, this is a weird fun fact that we should mention for some reason. Um, this is around the time that Disney bought Lucasfilms. So, fun fact of all of Phase 2, yep. there is a character that loses a hand slash arm oh. in reference to Luke Skywalker. Like, the whole cliche of Star Wars, someone losing a limb. Um, every MCU film in Phase 2 does have someone losing an arm or a hand wow. in Disney reference to flexing. that. Um, do I remember who it was in Iron Man 3? No. In Thor, I'm pretty sure it's Loki. Um, but I digress. This movie really meh. Do we see more of Asgard? Yes, pretty neat. Goes back to we cool see cool city, cool city. Um, Jane Foster's kind of sicky sick. She's got the ether. Um, she got the cancer. She got oh, the wait, can- no, that's, that's, later. <laughs> that's later on. Um, she got the ether. We see the return of some characters we've seen from the first Thor movie. Um, it's just oh, this is the whole. Th- I think this is where we think that at the end is where Odin is supposedly like gone and Loki's pretending to be Odin. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I remember that. Oh, uh, Thor's mom dies, I think, in this movie. Depression. Because, yeah, she does die in this movie. Can't confirm because that's referenced in Endgame. Yeah, that's where he goes back. Yeah, and then he's like, and he doesn't want to leave. Again. And he doesn't want to leave. Yeah. Mama um, boy. Mama's boy. <laughs> I think we see a new style of costume. He's back. He's mostly just speaking regular English at this point. He has begun to speak regular English. This, the, the modern English, I should say. Not... True, modern the old English. time English, and yeah, we get the Infinity Stone. Yeah, that's that's that, and two credit scenes. Is this is and this would be the technically second Infinity Stone, third that third? we've seen. Yep, we see one in Loki's staff oh, and yeah, the Tesseract. Yeah, yeah. The Tesseract, and then we see the Ether, which I think those are the only three that we see so far. Um, yeah. two credit scenes. One's a mid credit scene, which is. Big foreshadowing for things coming up because we see Sif and the Warriors 3, I think, or some of them bring the ether to the Collector. Ah, the Collector. Which is a big thing. And this is not when we see Howard the Duck. That's a future post credit scene. Well, we've seen but, the Collector now, so. Yeah, which is big in theory, but he there's no play at payoff for the Collector, yeah, in my opinion. It was unfortunate when we actually kind of go to the Collector. Yeah, nowhere. That's, it's I like, think that's what his place is really called. It's like, but we're like, but like the actual collector, it's yeah. like so short lived, which is unfortunate because he's such a cool character. Weird, weird character. Yeah. Uh, other one is just because Thor and Jane call the whole relationship off. They break up or whatever. And then the credit scene is Thor popping out on the balcony um, and they share a kiss. Natalie which, Portman's expensive, which is funny because that's not Natalie Portman in that scene. It's not. It is Chris Hemsworth wife. Oh, fun fact, because I couldn't remember if it's not. But I just mean Natalie Portman is expensive, which is part of the reason probably yeah. why she ends up. Yeah, that's why I was surprised when she came back. Eh, well, let's just get skim it. But yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, it's a movie. It's a movie. Not Thor's the best. Hammer. Thor's still got Mjolnir. Um, it's part of the MCU and you need to watch it if you're watching yeah. the MCU. Loki, I think, dies again in this movie. Um, whatevs. Yeah, he dies a lot. Anyways, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. You want to talk about this one? Because this is one of your favorites, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so Captain America, Winter Soldier at the time. This at the time, for sure. This is peak MCU. We're bringing together different elements that we've 
been introduced to different villain organizations, good guy organizations, yep. different characters. We, we're bringing them all together, but not necessarily in an Avengers level event, technically. Now, when this came out, I thought that it was easily the best MCU film to date. Matt did not actually see it for a pretty significant amount of time. I say you had like, I watched it. Like I say probably around Ant-Man ish time. Yeah. Like you, you, you watched it more. So you watched it before civil war than you did watching it in general. And problem for Matt is it's one of those scenarios where something is hyped and built up so much that it just didn't quite hit that spot for Matt. Yeah. I just thought uh, it's one. I really like Chris Evans. I think he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Two, um, just seeing kind of Cap be part of Shield because that's essentially what he is. He's yeah. basically a Shield agent, fancy one, a fancy important Shield agent. Yep. But that, for lack of a term, better term, he's just a Shield agent with a decent clearance level. I would say. Yeah. And you say that, but I mean, you know. It's- well, he's still nowhere near. Phil like hot... died in the. Oh minutes. no, I'm not saying he's yeah. a high clear. I just mean in terms of other agents, he's he's higher. And he, yeah, he's basically just treated like a shield agent. He's it's cool to see how he adapts to the new world and how he kind of goes his day to day doing missions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And this is all kind of just blown out of proportion when he sees his boy, the boy that he thought was dead that fell off a train. Who just a happens long to be time ago. a pawn used for terrorist Russians <laughs> used for terrorism? Exactly, the one and only Winter Soldier. And yeah, I just Sebastian Stan, great casting, great casting. Uh, the return fun, is fun fights, fun fights between yep. the two of them. And In that whole like apartment building, I'm pretty sure this is and shows movie. the naivety. Naivety is that the right term of of Captain America? Yeah, the. The Naruto-esque nature of Captain America of being like, no, 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 let's not kill him. I talk on Nojitsu him back to who he is. Yeah. And yeah, maybe that's not the most fun. We'll see a lot of the Hydra stuff too gets introduced. Yeah. And, like- and this is this is what it ends up. This is the payoff, I think, of the film, mm-hmm. which is Hydra is everywhere. Yeah. Because at this point, Shield is this immaculately amazing broken got fancy hell carriers everything just it is they the knowledge that they have is god tier yep nick fury may be a watcher in the comics but in terms of just earthly he's the watcher in terms of just the united states and potentially the world if you want to go that far but definitely of the united states nick fury knows everything yeah and he's got little whisperers everywhere Giving him knowledge. Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. He's <laughs> the got, most recent Marvel product. He's got people everywhere. Exactly. And, um... Does this have the elevator scene? This is the elevator scene. Yeah, this has the elevator. Yeah. And, turns out, there are moles everywhere. everywhere. Hydra is a virus, and it has spread throughout the entire S.H.I.E.L.D. agency, through the entire U.S. government, through world leaders, they have got their hands in all the cookie jars. And like a crazy, crazy domino art 
a domino falls and it's just chaos. Everything falls. And we see Poetic. It, it, it's amazing. This like it's so deep um and just the impact it has cuz this is building up to a second Avengers. Yeah. This is also the fake death of Nick Fury, right? Correct. Yeah. And it just the impact is more so that Shield is no more. Shield is what created the Avengers for lack of a there is no Avengers without Shield. And with these powerful metahuman metahuman pawns, I'm going to call them chess pieces. Mm-hmm. Because that's how Nick Fury basically treats everyone. Yep. You you do need that that puppet master to yeah. bring the things together to have create a goal for them for them to attack. Yep. So uh, for me, I think that Civil War brings a new store a new level to the MCU. Winter Soldier, you mean the Winter Soldier? Sorry, yeah, brings a new level to the uh, to the MCU in terms of we start getting a lot more political. Yep. There's a massive political effect from this in the landscape of the MCU. And it's getting rid of one of the broken powers that seemed kind of untouchable. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. So it kind of destabilizes a lot of what we know in current mm-hmm. MCU lore. Um, otherwise, I mean, two mid-credit scene, post-credit scene. Uh, mid-credit scene, big foreshadowing for Age of Ultron which was the Skepter. Some people have the stone, and um, you see a cell of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Uh, and then the other one, which is just, I think is the cherry on top for this film, seeing the character development that we see throughout this film, is just Bucky incognito. Classic MCU cognito of a baseball cap and a sweater. Um, That's go-to look, by the way. It's not my go-to look anymore. Um, and then it's just him in the Smithsonian reading the remembrance thing of Bucky Barnes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Which is just, I think to me, that's just a little bit of Well, and there's Captain it's... America's story, and like you see him in there too, yeah. and he's like, doesn't he end up using that old suit too, I think? I think he goes back there and steals the suit. I don't know if he steals something. it, but I yeah, he definitely has a small resemblance style to that suit. No, I think in the movie, he doesn't have like his cap suit, and he needs a suit, and he steals the cap mm. suit from there, I think, from the museum, because okay. he needs to put something on. And obviously, it's his... It fits because yeah. it's his suit. Yeah, exactly. I think that happens, but yeah, that's a pretty cool scene. Because yeah, overall, yeah, S tier. He's I still mean. definitely affected by the fact that he's alone now. Yeah. Captain America, like Bucky, when he sees Bucky, that's it's the truly the only thing really left from his mm-hmm. past. Because did we see Agent Carter die at this movie? Is I think that ends no, up no. That's that, civil. That's civil war. Yeah, because there's still had to so be. So he's got two people from the past that are alive. Yeah. One of them who's old. His his basically his who he would yeah. have married, who is married someone else has kids et cetera et cetera has has grandkids, and is not mm-hmm. gonna be with him anymore. Exactly. And he didn't know at the time. Like, but then Bucky, that's that's I it. Those are two people. I can't. we also got to keep in mind that this is also uh, Falcon appears. Yep, that's big too. The whole like on your left, which pays off later. Yeah, um, with him like running like Cap and him training. Um, I can't great remember. Great duo, great. Tr- oh, I mean, I guess on the screen three of them, chemistry, three of them, honestly. the trio is phenomenal. Like great chemistry between the three of them. Another thing too is, um, I think Agent Thirteen gets introduced in this film. I'm not entirely sure. I think she uh, does. Yeah, I can't remember. I want to say yes, but because she's like the one that lives across 
from Cap. I just don't know if that's Civil War or Winter Soldier. I think it might be Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, but anyways, moving on, because they set up everything for Age of Ultron. But instead of going right to Age of Ultron, we got to go into space first. Into what you could argue is one of, space the, Avengers. of the riskiest. Definitely. In the beginning, near the beginning of the MCU. 100%. And that's Guardians of the Galaxy. Curious where you're going to put this one to start. Well, let's let's talk about it a bit first. So we got Guardians of the Galaxy, which, looking at what we're building up to, we're definitely building up to Ultron, a new, mm-hmm. a new Avengers film yeah. of some sort. At this point, we don't know it's Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. And well, we know it's Age of Ultron, the yeah. people, but we haven't seen anything in the MCU to... Allude to that. Yeah, exactly. And... Then we're, we have a movie called Guardians of the Galaxy coming out, which if you're not a big Marvel fan, you probably have zero clue who that even is yep. at all. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, I would say if it weren't for Agent Venom being on the Guardians of the Galaxy for some part yeah. of the past, what, like decade? That would have been around, yeah, 2014, 2015. He, I don't think anyone would still know. Just a very, what, fair to say C-tier, probably? It depends, because I'd say arguably C-tier to start, because the team that we see in this movie is not the original team. Yeah, I'm just thinking about comics. Just a C-tier team. Yeah, the original OG team, definitely C-tier, because no one knew any of these random characters. I shouldn't say nobody. I'm sure there's fans. There's fans of the old Guardians of the Galaxy. And then we got the more modern Guardians of the Galaxy, which is what we see now, um, because all of these characters were relatively made within the last 40 years. Yeah, they're new, like, newer age heroes. Yeah, the oldest character in comic form of the core five that are with the Guardians of the Galaxy Groot, right? is Groot. Yeah, because he was a bad guy. He was a bad guy. He was the Groot from Planet X, the last surviving. Oh, Planet Groot. X! He wow. was he was a kaiju monster. Kaiju because Marvel loves Marvel kaijus. Love kaiju's, but Marvel had a big kaiju run of different giant monsters um, during the fifties and sixties. But I digress. Um, yeah, so we have this. So interesting it was a risk. Brand new it was cast. definitely a risk. Yeah, and didn't seem important to the current Avengers film, I would say. Until we uh, watched the film. Yes. And then we see that this film has some of the best OST. I'd, I'd move it up at least one more. Oh, I'm, I'm not done. Okay, good. And then on top of the OST being just Chef Kiss. I feel like a lot of people talk about that soundtrack being like that is... The Awesome Mix chef, Volume 1. Yeah, that is Chef Kiss. Exactly. We've got some pretty great actors. I remember when um, Chris when, Pratt. Yeah, when we first saw Chris Pratt cast it, everyone was kind of like the guy from Parks and Rec. Yeah, is gonna be in a Marvel film. Oh, yeah, and he as, worked uh, as as the main character. Because yep, if you were to just be like, oh yeah, the guy from Parks and Rec is gonna be, and you'd be like, oh cool, I can't wait to see what gag character he's yeah. playing. Well, even that, if you don't know him from that, you know him from the supporting character from Wanted. Yeah, which so, a lot of people don't even know. But and then we've got um. Just, yeah, okay, some, the OST, fantastic. People, some good casting, good casting all around. Random casting. If you look at, like you said, the dude from Parks and Rec, and then you have a WWE star. Yes, and then you have Zoe Saldana, who's been in Avatar. Yeah, as the she's Blue been people. in some crazy films. Um, she's like, okay, and then you have Vin Diesel voicing a tree, voicing a tree, and then you have Bradley Cooper yep. voicing a raccoon. Yeah, I and honestly, in a very fun. Very fun movie. Yeah. Just, I feel like the movie really kept you going. You're always bopping. Yeah. You're smiling a lot. You're having a good time. Great. Acting great. In space. Everyone loves space. space. 
We had and a jailbreak scene. Always a good time. It was just, it was just, it was just a um, fun, very fun movie. And guess what? We had an Infinity Stone. Exactly. In it. And we get explained on what the Infinity Stones are. So I'm putting it important. as our first A tier. 100%. I agree. Great soundtrack. Great acting. Great story. Great on Massive impact on the MCU as a whole. And not only does it start building that Infinity Stones more, but like you said, we then get introduced to the importance of what the yeah. Infinity Stones it, are. At this point, you're like, oh, the story's actually finally coming together. This puts James Gunn on the map for being a big director. Yeah, James Dunn's first film. Obviously, he well, only, for, for Marvel. For Marvel. He, say, yeah. he only does Guardian films, but... But still, it pushed him They to, killed it. And it was, a, it was a risky endeavor, I think, doing Guardians of the Galaxy as a team. There are definitely some other characters or a single character movie that they probably could have done that would have been a safer bet. But I wouldn't have it any other way. But it was... We had some Easter eggs, Nathan Fillion, of course. It was just fantastic, and I'll say it is the best Guardians film, in my opinion. I agree. I 100% agree with that. But, um, yeah, uh, mid credit scene, um, Groot dances to a song by the Jackson 5, and you see Drax just sharpening his knives in the back. Um, and then the other Chris scene is uh, Cosmo the Superdog shows up because in this story, in the film, sorry, the collector ship basically gets destroyed. Yeah. And it's just, it ends with Seth Green, I believe it is, voicing Howard the Duck. And you're like, cool. Another, it, but it's like, you can't even be angry at this post credit scene because it fits the chaos the, the bill haha <laughs> duck bill um of the film yeah it just fits that like fun chaotic nature exactly moving and, on to and we go into what will be the final film we'll discuss for oh, this one more after that ant-man is a part of phase two. okay we'll um, talk about two more films <laughs> one of which is an avengers film avengers age of ultron uh it's, it's, it's tough it's got to put d i think it's better than incredible hulk but i don't know if it's better than Our iron first man 2 tier. okay okay um, I felt the movie dragged on a little bit. It was dragged on a bit. I think the real importance is just seeing how much uh, the the impact of Avengers 1 still has on Tony at this yep. point. And in the irony of him doing all of this stuff to try and protect the Earth has then caused him to create something that... or All this stuff to defend the Earth yep. has now created something to attack the Earth. Yeah. Obviously, this is a one of a massive divergence from the comics. Ultron yep. is not created by Tony Stark. Nope, created by Hank Pym in the comics. Who we meet in the, the next, next movie. But yeah, he's um, it's definitely a divergence from the comics, but this is when we start seeing that the MCU is its own beast. Mm-hmm. And there are they they start taking movie only like movie um only lore yeah i would say i mean this is when and they have to start and stuff yeah. got fully introduced they still have to start handling things because the mco at this point has blown up to be uh it's just a, a crazy beast yeah. to be honest and you can't just do you can be inspired by stories in the yeah. in the comics but in no way are they ever going to do those stories justice justice and that goes for obviously ultron's a good example civil war is another yeah. example where I do feel like they handled it well for what they had for what they could. Do. You're never going to have the scale. It's going to be so hard, so expensive yeah. to do it to a proper scale. And you don't have the characters that have been built up to exactly. have that same impact. If they were to have Hank Pym show up in this film and just randomly create Ultron and just, you, I don't think it would have the same impact. It's no. 
what makes it have this impact is kind of that betrayal that all of the other Avengers have when they realize it's Tony's fault. Mm -hmm. That kind of like, Tony, what are you doing? And just like, talk to someone, figure it out. Why? Like, you know, it, now the thing is, this film is iffy for me. And the thing is, is that there's good things they added and there's things that are not so good. Like Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Not being mutants because mutants, at the time. They didn't have the rights to that. I'm sure if they could retcon stuff. Yeah, that'd be very different, but they can't anymore. Um, with Quicks, unless it's a, if it's a throwaway line on a future film, I might be upset. Like, oh, you remember these guys from earlier? Yeah, they were mutants the entire time, by the way. And he, he's dead. But yeah, Quicksilver dying. Yeah, Quicksilver dying. Fun character. Fun character. Thought the casting was really good. Um, obviously, Scarlet Witch. Um, Becomes the mainstay. We see the, the second run of Avengers. We see the team growing. Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, Falcon Moore, um, Vision as well. Yeah. Yeah, this one. Um, I'd say Also a retcon from comics, obviously yep. not created with Jarvis and Correct. the Infinity yep. Stone. A um, couple things that I do enjoy about this movie uh, is not much. But the two things that come to mind is the subtle hint the that the hammer can yep. move because everyone's getting drunk and they're trying to. They're all having a good time. And Tony they're like, and oh, Rhodey. Pick up. They're talking about the hammer physics. Yeah, Tony. And the, if you put it down an elevator, uh, and then like Tony and Rhodey have the Iron Man ha like hands on, on. on. Yeah, they the they're trying to do it. it. And then like Cap just like walks over and just touches it, and you see it like fans over to Thor's being like, "Wait, what?" He nudges it. I think the best part is how hard um, Cap looks like he's trying to yeah. lift it. Do you think he knew? He, I think he knew. I think he knew. How would he know? I don't know. But I think did he, he lift it beforehand? That's what I mean. Just like a random like. Did he, or is he just? Because I don't want to say cocky, because that's not really what Captain America comes off. I don't think as. he's cocky, but I think when he like pulled it just lightly, he could see it. But yeah, then he, he didn't it, yeah. want to be like, "Hey, what's up, guys?" Yeah, <laughs> like I, Vision, you know? Yeah, I think he just kind of. I think for me, the thing that goes through my mind is Captain America is just such a goody goody. Yeah. Goody two shoes. And, and I think he knows what that would do to Thor's ego. Yeah. That he knows what that would do to <laughs> Thor's ego. And he knows it's just, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. It's not important. It's not important. Everyone's having a good time. He doesn't need to lift exactly. it. Another good scene. Um, I'm 95% sure it's a movie. It's a conversation Hawkeye has with Scarlet Witch. And it's just more, it's like a serious conversation, but it's also a funny one where she's like panicking about trying to help. And he's like, listen, there's a crap ton of robots out there and I have a bow and arrow. You can stay in here, but if you go out there, then you're a hero and you're one of us. And yeah. to me, it's a very powerful line because Hawkeye does not have like, if you look at the, the Avengers, he's Usopp. He's Usopp of the Avengers essentially because he literally he's targeting weapon and everything, but he still gives good advice and he's a good person, right? So when he has those moments on screen, because the funny thing is that if you look at the grand scheme of the MCU, he has a lot of character development, but it's in small little parts because I think it's, We'll get into more of this in Civil War. He doesn't War, get as much screen time as others. No, but he's a solid actor. And when he's on the screen, he doesn't take the scene, but he fits in really well and has like, to me, there's never been a bad scene with Hawkeye in it. Like the chemistry has always been good for him. Yeah, he does a great job. Um, but it was like those two big things. Otherwise, it's just kind of meh. Post-credit scenes even kind of meh-ish because it's just Thanos picks up the gauntlet. I wasn't a big fan of a lot of Ultron's jokes either. No, I mean, the voice acting was good. It's the well, gentleman. We do get... Another the the, uh, the Black Panther villain gets Claw. his arm cut off. Yeah, see phase two, uh, and obviously the hint at like all the vibranium. And yeah, vibranium and Uselius Uselius Claw played by Andy Serkis, um, which is definitely a 
at the time, like I don't knew nothing about Black Panther. And I know you're the one who was like, hey, like, did you know that that's like one of Black Panther's villains? Like villains, and, yeah. And we were like, oh, okay. And at this time, I don't remember Black Panther. It probably was announced, but... Might have been announced or like in the early works. Yeah, and that was like, okay, so we're definitely like... Yeah, well, we've seen Wakanda as an Easter egg because it's in yeah. Iron Man 2 when he's having the conversation with Nick Fury. There's the map and Wakanda's one of the spots. Yeah. Um, but again, that is such a subtle Easter egg. So just building but, that there is, yeah. we're probably going to see Black Panther. Yeah, and then, yeah, Easter egg, Thanos walks in of random wherever, picks up the gauntlet. I don't know if he says, fine, I'll do it myself or not here, but it's just like as a reminder of the viewer, like, oh, so there's still a, he's still around. He's still doing his thing, but at this point, we know what the gauntlet is. We know what yeah, he's searching for. Yeah, we, because we've had the other, we've seen some of the Infinity Stones. We've which, seen four at this point. And we, we're thinking, oh, because... I think the way that they introduced some of the, when they were doing the phases, they just said it in an Avengers film. They never, yeah, they don't specify till later when you first see the first trailer drop that it's age of Ultron. And then uh, that's when the question marks ping kind of going, what happened to Thanos? Yeah. And then obviously this post credit scene happens and you're like, no, he coming. You're like, Oh gee, there are going to be another Avengers movie. <laughs> oh, they got a bigger team. And this, this Avengers movie had to be weak so that the next two could be strong. It's true. Moving and on. Moving on to the final of phase two. Antman. Um, I'm honestly going to say... It's a solid movie. I'm going to say high B or low A. I don't think it's as good as Guardians, but we can put it... Let's put it in B to start. I just think... This is, for me, I don't know. I, I thought it was hilarious. Oh, I thought it was a great film. I thought the humor was really spot on yeah. uh we have the introduction of that one character who tells the stories like just michael pena's character yeah oh man those those scenes are just but i got the van though <laughs> <laughs> the any the, scene with him are just fantastic and just yep. it's hilarious that they're all they're all doing something good but they're all technically ex-cons <laughs> <laughs> no there's no technically they are all ex-cons <laughs> <laughs> and they're like oh we're doing something good kind of but we're stealing but but yeah. it's for the greater good it's fine um we learn well we learn more because hank pym shows up he, hank pym out, shows he up. quits shield in like the 80s does his own thing and then we have he doesn't like the starks yeah surprise then we have the whole pym industries we get introduced to uh pym particle yeah and what's the what's the yellow jacket's actual name it's warren something can't remember his name oh the one that's currently in charge of pym industries yeah because he tries to take over and like makes you the mean, yellow uh, jacket suit how it's basically iron man one yeah pretty much it is literally ant-man and Iron. very man close one. very similar except he didn't have to steal a suit he just made one um but ant-man stole one from a vault in a basement of an old man but it's okay because the old man let him because the ants it's all part of his plan yeah. um if I'm going to show this in the Discord when this episode comes out, but this film has one of the most amusing um, advertisements for this film. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. It's Michael Douglas who plays Hank Pym and Scott and uh, Paul Rudd. And they're literally on screen and it's just Paul Rudd like slapping his legs or whatever. And it's just, and then you just hear ants. And it's just Michael Douglas going, oh, ants, yeah, ants, ants. It's, and then Paul Rudd goes, Ant-Man. And that's literally the whole advertisement. And you're like, this is... This is what happens when you have someone who's known for being a comedian, like yeah. a comedian. Exactly. Both of them, really. Yeah. Um, we find out Quantum Realm. Uh, a lot of big drops. Yeah. Quantum Realm. Obviously, the pin particles are very important. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man's a very cool character. Um, at this point, I believe we already knew that we were getting a civil war. 
Yep. Um, which is... We weren't sure how this was all going to play yeah, out. Yeah, we though. weren't sure how the thing was going to play out. It was just... I think there was part of us that thought the Guardians were going to be there for Civil War at one point. Like I thought the Guardians were going to be there for um, Ultron. That's true, too. Yeah, like it was the way it was set up. Yeah. They, yeah, um, they were actually the one of the first... I think they're the first that we saw that a character does isn't necessarily just going to be jumping right into... Yeah, the, we don't see them for another like six or seven movies. The, well, we see Guardians Into too, the big but, ones, which is interesting. Yeah. But yeah. Um, overall, just thought Animated was a really solid film. Had a fun fight with Falcon. Had a fun fight with Falcon. It... Um, it foreshadows a lot of other things, like you said, yeah. like the quantum realm obviously is important for all future, basically any future Ant-Man film. Yep. And it's just... This is the first film where we see Cassie, who's played by, I think, four actresses in this MCU. I just think what this but... film does is it's not as popular of a character. Mm-hmm. It did well. Yep. And it just... is the. This seems harsh, but I feel like it's the start and the fall of the MCU in a way, because at this point we've had, what is this? A good chunk of films. Yeah. But this is kind of the, where we start really starting to see just the cookie cutter. Yeah. Take X Marvel character from a comic, make an origin film, make an origin film. The villain was going to be someone who has to do it better. Someone that's obviously related to them and, or is like affected by past things. So in this case, it's Hank Pym. Someone that's totally yep. connected to him. Hank Pym can't do everything himself. He has someone else do it for him, yep. basically. And just add that humor. Yeah. A about a boom, you got a good movie. Which means a good movie, though. It's a good movie. Add some foreshadowing. Boom, shakalaka. Yeah. And lots of foreshadowing. By, by, the, by the fall, I mean just that whenever we just get some of those like one offs or um, they don't really know what to do next, it just kind of feels like that's what they do with the character. Yeah. You know, like even if they are different, it's just we start really getting that. Oh, it's a superhero film. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. And um, I mean, hey, I love superhero films, so I keep watching them. But I just mean like I definitely see why people are getting are getting tired of them now. I agree when you look at how often it does happen. I think this is the second last origin film they did for a while, though. Yeah. Um, in regards to this movie as a whole. Pretty solid. Um, it's a not a great connection to the MCU to start, but Falcon shows up. We have the first mention of indirectly Spider Man because yes. Scott Lang's like, "Well, we got web slingers and stuff," and you're like, "Okay, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean?" So that's a big thing. Um, we see the prototype for the wasp suit at the end. I think that's the post credit scene, I believe. Uh, yep. Yeah. Mid credit scene foreshadows. Yeah. Hank Pym shows Hope Van Dyne advanced yet unfinished prototype of the wasp suit. Um, again, mentioned the quantum realm. You said, I think it's just, it's, I think this was kind of smart in a way though, because this brings the lore back to earth for now. Yeah. Because you had age of Ultron, which was like such a big deal. You have guardians of the galaxy, like you had such a bigger plot point. So this was kind of just like, we're going to take a break from shield being corrupted space Avengers and giant robots attacking the city. Let's just go back to one character doing his, exactly. like, figuring out his own thing. Exactly. So I think that's okay on that aspect. Um, Mid credit scene, like I said, uh, Hope and Hank showing the prototype of Wasp. Another one was just a cut down scene from Civil War where Cap and Falcon discuss what they're going to do with the Trap Winter Soldier, which is a scene from Civil War. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. 
because it's the whole thing of like they want to talk to Tony, but they can't because the accords and so on and so forth, which leads us into what we're going to be talking about on the next part of this series, which is not what we're going to talk about today, though, because we're going to wrap it up. So stay sure. tuned for MCU phase tier list part two. Beginning we'll start with, with phase three. Phase three. Which will be Civil War, which is a fun fun film. Exactly. I feel like we're going to talk a lot about that one, but in a good way for the most part. <laughs> Ho- hopefully in a good hopefully way. Hopefully in a good way. But yeah. If you guys have enjoyed, uh, make sure to drop a follow on all of our socials and follow the podcast on Spotify or whatever you are Apple listening to us in. podcast, whichever, however. Exactly. And um, yeah, let us know what your some of your favorite films are, where you would rank them. Uh, tier list will be in the description. Once again, we mentioned that. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week. And once and let us know, are you going to be watching Loki when it comes out? Exactly. Let us know. See ya. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. TNMP, the Nerdy Misfit Podcast. Don't forget to join the island by dropping a follow. Thank you. Thank and you. see you next week. Thank you.